Hi guys, don't forget to check out the podcast every Friday at 6pm. Hope to see you there. And back to the show. This is the log of Magnus Carter, scientific observer aboard the Space Force more than 500 days out from Earth. We're bound for the region of the planet Jupiter. Only a few days from our target, we overtook the wreck of a spaceship, one of the four unmanned probes sent from Earth to investigate the mysterious radio signals coming from the giant planet. On boarding the ship, we discovered that all the equipment installed in the probe had been ripped out. But how? There was no time for further investigation. We were rapidly approaching the time to go into orbit around Jupiter. During the orbital maneuver, the main radio became overheated, and radio officer Chipper Barnett complained of loud, penetrating musical sounds and a woman's voice calling. Then, one by one, all the electrical circuits in the ship began to fail. Everything's gone haywire. We can't navigate the ship blind. We must be able to see out. Well, use the observation dome. Open the lock, Lodrick. Right. Now what? The emergency power's failed. Why's it got all dark? What's going on? Well, that... That's everything except the gyros. Go to your takeoff positions, get your flashlights. I've got mine, but it doesn't work. Nor mine. Well, that's it, then. The television circuits don't function, so we can't see. The radio doesn't work. The computers cease to function. There are no lights. The air replenisher has stopped. The ship has dropped dead. Like that wreck we saw five days ago. The air supply's running down fast. I'm afraid we only have a few days left. An interstellar encounter starring Barry Foster, Nigel Stock, Nicky Henson, and Tonya Sober. Episode 3 The Silver Strangers. We must conserve the air. Nobody move or get up unless instructed. Who wants to get up? It's pitch dark. What caused the breakdown? Well,. Perhaps it's the influence of the Jovian magnetosphere. It could have upset all the electrical circuits. Thank goodness we'd completed the orbital maneuver before it happened. Why? Because at least we are on our set course. In a few hours, we'll begin to pull out of the perigee and head out for the furthest point of our orbit. On the way, we'll move out of the magnetosphere. And if I'm right... The circuits will return to life and the ship should be normal again. But if the circuits revive every time we head away from the planet, then they'll die again every time we return. Unless we change our orbit to a much wider, more circular one. But we can't spare the fuel. How long before the power returns, do you think? Oh, we must wait and see. But once we get it back, we can work out when the blackout periods are likely to occur and be ready for them. Chipper, what are you doing? 
I'm not doing anything. Well, that... What was that noise? Mice? This is no time for joking. There it is again. Coming from the main airlock. That sounds as though it's coming from outside. Blimey. There's someone out there. They're trying to get in. They'll be lucky. Why? Get in through the airlock. With no power. They've got as much chance of getting in as we have of getting out. If only we could see outside. It's impossible. Unless... What? Unless Lordrick could open the airlock into the observation dome. How? By hand. I have to That's work. only permitted in an emergency. This is an emergency. How about it, Lodrick? Do you think you can do it? Total darkness. Why not? You know all the mechanical installations so well. Yes, but there's always the chance that opening the lock will upset the electronic settings. It may not function properly afterwards. Mm. We'll risk that. I'll see what I can do, then. If you need any assistance, yell out. Right. I need a few tools. I'll help you find them. So, in total darkness, Lodric toiled at the airlock leading into the observation dome. For what seemed an eternity, we lay in the dark and in silence. Meanwhile, the sounds outside ceased. Whoever or whatever had been investigating us had gone away. if I could see. I have to do everything by touch. How far have you got? Not very far. I've got the cover to the electrical component off. The mechanical parts... <coughs> God, what's happened? Ludric. Ludric. I'm all right. Just got an electric shock. But there's no power in this ship. You can't have... The supplies coming back. Must be out of the magnetic field. Last. Good. Are you sure you're all right, Ludwig? Yes. We'll take a break. Meanwhile, the rest of us will inspect the ship to see if there's any damage. everything been checked? Airlocks, motors, air supply, everything. All in good order, so far as I can tell. Good. All navigation circuits are back to normal. How about you, Chipper? Radio transmitter's working. I sent the message to Earth, like you said. How long before they reply? Well, I sent it 90 minutes ago, attention, so... Attention, attention. Radio call from Earth in 15 seconds. Ah, ah good. Just time to check the teleview. Should be okay. I'll try it. There. Lovely picture. The splendor of the heavens in close-up. Thank goodness, everything is returned to normal. Stand by, radio call from Earth in five seconds. Oh, good. That's not Earth. Turn it off! It's hurting my ears. Turn it off, Chipper! What was that? It's like all hell had broken loose. That was her, the voice I keep hearing. What'd she say? She said, Epsilon Solar, Epsilon Solar, thank you for your message. You heard that? Out of all that chaos? Yes. Well, turn the radio on again, but keep the volume low. And whether it would be best for you to remain 
That Earth. We cannot give you an immediate answer, which shall reply in half an hour. Please keep a listening watch. So, what's happened to Mrs. Epsilon? If there is one. But you must have heard... No, we didn't. You're the only one who ever hears a voice. We may not hear voices, Saxon, but we do hear all those strange sounds. Well, of course we do. Every time the radio circuits are disturbed, what else would you expect? Well, I was only... Just a... Just... Wait. Radio call imminent. Radio call imminent. Well, already. They said half an hour. It's her again. Let's get that off. And what did she say this time? Same as before. I think it must be a recording which she's played over and over again. But why so loud? Because she's so close. Yes, that's what you said on the moon 500 million miles back. Well, perhaps she's followed us here. Saxon, quick. What is it? There, on the televiewer. Good heavens. It's a ship. A ship? Where? What's its position? At port, 97 degrees. There's only one? That's all I've seen. Make sure the log is recording all this. I'll go out to the observation room. Just one ship sailing alongside us. Computer says it's less than a kilometer away. So how big would you say it is? Well, in that case, it's smaller than Space Force. Any windows? Uh, there seems to be a series of portholes around the middle, but no light behind them. And I can't see any kind of door, can you? No. Uh, I wonder if it's just an unmanned probe. Well, you could try to make contact. Go outside? No, over the radio. Uh, did you hear that, Chipper? Yes. Well, can you do it? What frequency can I use? How about the one your friend Mrs. Epsilon comes up on? Uh, her signal's so strong it stretches right across the band, swamps everything. Well, choose a frequency somewhere in the middle and see what happens. What shall I say? Say you are Space Force and ask them what they want. In English? What else? You don't speak Jovian, do you? Oh, all right. Give me a couple of minutes to retune a transmitter and I'll give her a call. Right. I'm coming back into the main cabin. This is Space Force. This is Space Force. Can you hear me? This is... Oh, God! Well, we're certainly getting a response of noises. Can you hear a voice? Of course I can. I always do. Shall I switch it off? Yes, yes. God. What did it say? Almost the same as before. Almost? What was different? Well, instead of saying Epsilon Solar, she said, you are Epsilon Solar. Yeah, you're sure you didn't get it wrong? I'm certain I didn't. I, I wish you'd just believe me when I... Oh, OK, Chipper, it's, it's just that I've got to be sure about what you're saying. After all, you're the only one... Saxon! Yes, now what? Look, quick, to the left. Light issuing from the ship, like a door has opened. Magnus, you keep looking with Roderick. I'll go back into the dome. The image is bigger, isn't it? The ship's moved closer, and the angle of view is... Look, look, there, now! The door slid wide open. Can you see it, Saxon? Yes. And the lighted interior? Yes. And two figures? Two figures. Good Lord, yes. They're coming over.
the two strange figures drifted over from their ship to ours. We saw them on the televiewer, gradually getting larger as they drew closer. Then they were no longer in view. Saxon, from his more advantageous position in the observation dome, said they were heading for the main outside airlock, and then he lost sight of them and came back into the cabin. Whoever they are, they're human in shape. Are they human in fact? What do they want with us? It must be they who keep sending the radio calls. Who else? Do you think they are Jovians? No, nobody, nothing could live on Jupiter. From one of his moons? I doubt it. Certainly not the innermost ones. What about the outer moons? Life on one of those could be a possibility. But very unlikely. Where do they come from, then? Listen. Must have been them tapping earlier. What do we do? We should have been armed. You think they're hostile, then? They certainly sounded. They're determined to get in, whether we like it or not. It's getting louder. They're battering the hull. I'm going to open the outer lock. You can't. You let them in. If I don't, they'll damage the ship. This way they might do. They've stopped. That surprised them. Now what are you going to do? Well, before I can open the inner door, they must enter the airlock, and then the outer door must be closed. They'll think it's some kind of trap. Roderick, go to the observation dome. Tell us what you see. Right. Yes, Loderick. They're floating outside, holding off from the ship. I think they're going away. We should be that lucky. Yes. Yes, they're going back to their own ship. Yes, we can see them now on the televiewer. They don't seem to have any means of propulsion. Can't see any. Well, they've gone back inside. Door closed. We scared them off. You think they scared that easily? I well, can but hope. Well, perhaps they've decided Thanks, that we're not Saxon. with them. Yes, Loderick. They're coming out again. Decided to give it another try. One's carrying a box, and they're both... Damn, they've gone out of view. They're heading for the main door. How do they move so fast? I've lost sight of them now, but they must be close. What was that? I think they've entered the lock. Then we've got them. Do we want them? Close the outer door and they're caught. How would that help? They're, they're trying to open the inner door. But the outer one isn't closed. We must shut it then. If they manage to open the inner one, we'll lose all our air. Chipper, close the outer door. It won't close. Try again. It's, it's, no, it's no good. It's not working. They could be through any moment. Right, get your spacesuits on. If they get that door open, we'll need them. Did you hear that, Loderick? Yes, on my way. All helmets on. Right. Intercom check. Magnus? Okay. Loud and clear. Loderick? Okay. Chipper? Loud and clear. Loud and clear. That's right. That's what I said. What was that, Chipper? I said that's right. That's what I said. What did you say? I said I was receiving you loud and clear, and you repeated it. Loud and clear, you said. Only you said it quietly. I didn't say anything except Chipper. But I distinctly Chipper. heard... Huh? Who's that? Who's what? Look, this is no time for asking about. Somebody called my name. Only to check the intercom. No, after that. Everybody keep quiet for a minute. Well? No. No, it's gone. I don't, I don't hear it anymore. Who are you? There you are. She's back. Asking who we are. Who? I don't know who. Somebody. Anybody else hear it? No. Everybody stay quiet. Are you Epsilon Solar? There's, I thought nothing. No, I'm Chipper Barnett, radio operator, second class of Order Space Force. We know that. Where do you come from? We're from Earth, on a mission to Jupiter. What are you talking about? No, don't interrupt him. How long did it take you to reach here? A year and a half. A Jovian year? No, an Earth year, much shorter. By how much? I, I don't know, but I, I know it's shorter. Are you the only one aboard your ship? No, 
There are four of us. Has he gone crazy? He's the captain. Loderick, he's our engineer, and uh, Magnus, he's from D-Set B, has been sent to observe. Can the rest of your crew hear what I'm saying? No, I don't think so. Ask them. Saxon, she wants to know if you can all hear her. Who does? Chipper, if this is some kind of joke. We can't hear anybody, Chipper. No, they, they can only hear me. As we thought. Chipper, are you wearing a translator? A what? Obviously you are not. No, no. You will have to interpret for us. I interpret? Listen to what we said, pass it on to your leader. All right, but who are you? My name is Treya. What kind of armament does your ship carry? Armament? We don't carry any armament. We're a spaceship, not a battleship. No armament of any kind? No, they, they only carry guns in science fiction. Good. Now ask your leader... You mean Saxon? He's the ship's commander. Ask the commander to open this door and let us in. Saxon, did you hear any of that? All we heard was you carrying on a one-sided conversation with nobody. Well, nobody is called Treya, and she says, will you open the airlock in a door and let them in? I see. Tell them we can't open the inner door unless the outer door is closed. Then we have to equalize the air pressure. We can't get you in until the outer door is shut, and it's not working. We understand. Wait. It will close now. Try now, Saxon. You kept it open. We did not wish to be caught inside. Doors shut. Will you let them in now? What guarantee have I that they don't carry arms? They don't sound hostile. Open the door or we will blast it open. Oh. She says if you don't open the door, she'll blast it open. No, no. They, they mustn't harm the ship. I'll open it. But this is insane. We're playing no, it in no, your hands. No, no. Don't, don't stand too close together. Just keep calm. Magnus? Yes? Open up. At least seven feet tall. From head to foot. Chipper, tell them to stand over by that table. She wants us all together over there. She's got a gun. <laughs> Move quickly. I told you we're not armed. There's no need for violence. Stand still. If what is going to search the ship, anybody moving while I'm doing it will be shot. Don't move while they search the ship. So they're not hostile, Chipper. I only said they didn't sound hostile. Tell them we are satisfied there are no weapons. Now remove your helmets. Take your helmets off. What for? I don't know. She's got the gun. Anyway, they're taking theirs off. They've got silver hair. Silver skin. I've never seen anything like it. Here you are, Chipper. These are translators. They must put them in their ear. She wants you to wear these hearing aids. She what? So that you can understand them. Oh, I see. Now we can communicate. She's speaking English. This instrument enables us to talk telepathically. The verbal translation is done in your own head. Why doesn't Chipper need one? He's naturally telepathic. We can reach his mind without a translator. Are people not telepathic where you come from? Some people claim to be, but I never believed them. Till now. Are all people as tall where you come from? Are all people midgets where you come from? We are sorry to have behaved aggressively when we came aboard, but we had to be sure you could not attack us. No arms anywhere on this ship. So you can all relax. How do you come to be in, in this part of the solar system? Our mothership is in orbit on the far side of Jupiter. Mothership? How far on the other side? 490,000 miles. The ship alongside ours, that's not your main vessel. Of course not. How did you find us? 
We have been aware of you for some weeks. But we thought you were unmanned. We didn't realize the ship had a crew until the outer door opened. Yeah, I opened it. That is why we returned to our craft, to contact our mothership for instructions. And? We were ordered to board you and take over your vessel and take you back for examination. Now, wait a minute. We don't know who you are, where you came from, or anything about you. Now is your opportunity. But you can't just step aboard our ship and order us to another part of the system. If Voedica says you go, then you go. Who? Voedica, commander of our mothership. We can't refuse them, Saxon. We have to. We can't spare the fuel we need it to get home. Wrong. We will never be returning home. You, not return. you will come with us. And if we refuse? Our orders are to kill the ship electronically and leave you in it. So take your choice. Put your ship into a new orbit or remain where you are forever. <laughs> I need to discuss the situation with my crew. A few minutes only. Right, everybody over here. Now, take these translators out of your ears. We don't want them to understand what we're saying. All right. Now, do we obey them or do we resist? I want everybody's opinion. Magnus? The ship and crew are better alive than dead. Besides, this is what we came here for. What is? To find out who's been sending those radio messages and to learn all we can about them. We were never expected to make personal contact. But now that we have, we must take full advantage of it. Even before we know if they're friendly? Which they're not, Magnus. How do you know? They haven't harmed us. Yet. But they will. Unless we can get away. How? We'll... we'll... we'll think of something. We've little time for that. How about you, Chipper? Roderick's panicking. I think they're friendly. A funny way of showing it. How about the gun? Now how about the threat to leave us in a dead ship to perish? It's all talk. Talk? To persuade us to go with them. They don't mean us any harm. They could have killed us all with that ray pistol, but they chose not to. Better alive on the other side of Jupiter than dead on P this. Possibly. But I think we should make at least one effort to get the ship back under our control. How? Oh. I have an idea. Don't tell it to Chipper. They can read his thoughts. Yeah. Chipper, you move away. Okay, Chief. Now, what we have to do is this. Well, bearing in mind your threat to kill our ship stone dead and have us entombed in it... Yes. ...we'll willingly comply with your demand and put Space Force into a new orbit. Good. But in order to do that, we must ask both of you to leave our ship. If we leave it, we kill it. Why can't you move it as ordered? We can. But when the rockets fire, the force is enormous. All crew must be strapped into their takeoff couches. Anyone not doing so is liable to suffer serious injuries. Ifwa will use a couch. Ifwa? She will stay and guard you. Uh, but we don't have a spare couch, that's what I'm saying. Ifwa could suffer a terrible injury. You'll both have to go back to your own ship. Ifwa will stay. There isn't room. Room will be found. <laughs> but One of you will give up your takeoff couch for Ifwa. And where will he go? He will come with me to my ship. But but to change speed and course, we need a crew of four. Tell Ifwa what to do. What? In five minutes? That's impossible. No, no, no. You'll have to leave the ship. That's if you are serious about our moving to the far side of Jupiter. One of you will move and Ifwa will stay. But I've just explained I can't spare anybody, not in a tricky operation like changing orbit. You, your name. 
Magnus. No, you can't Put on take your pressure suit. You will come with me now. Commander Saxon will instruct Ifwa how to crew change of orbit. But you don't know the risk you're taking. That is my choice. Oh, very well. Ludric, start checking motor and fuel. Yes, Saxon. So much for talking them into leaving the ship. Well, at least we got rid of one of them. Poor old Magnus. Oh, they'd have taken one of us anyway. It's just as well it's him. He's not so useful as a crew member. He knows that. Right, get the ship ready. I'll operate the airlock for Magnus and Treya. In that episode of Space Force, Saxon was played by Barry Foster, Chipper by Nicky Henson, Magnus by Nigel Stock, and Lauderick by Tonya Sober, with Teresa Stretfield and Wendy Murray. Space Force was written by Charles Chilton and produced by Paul Mayhew Archer. Hi guys, Kev here. Just want to say a big thank you for subscribing and listening to the podcasts. If you're new here, welcome to the pod. Now back to the story. And once again, thanks very much. Hi, Kev here. New to my podcast is my replay list. Go check them out. Thanks again. Now back to the podcast.